Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. All right, well this evening, um, I don't know how long this series is going to be. I, I always hate to say that something's going to be three weeks or four weeks or five weeks. You know, we can get done next week or the week after. So just come, and if you're not able to make it, we'll make sure that we get um, these messages on Spotify. But it is good to see everybody. Um, You know, tonight I want to talk primarily about angels. And uh, there's a lot that we, first of all, there's a lot that we don't know about um, angelic beings, um, these these creations of God, but but let, let's talk about tonight what we what the Bible tells us, not assumptions, but what the Word of God actually shares with us in regards to um, angels, what our relationship is to them, what their purpose is, what some of their goals are, what some of their titles are, what what some of their offices are. Um, I don't know that I'll cover everything that I just said, but but um, let's let's do our best to kind of lean in this evening and and learn a bit more than what we think we know. Um, there's a there's a pick I want to put up the pick with the two little baby angels. Let's let's put that up now. Do y'all actually think that angels look like that? I mean, I tried to find the little fat chubby kid with the little wings that, like, wings that could never carry a chubby kid in the air. Like, you know, that picture that we've seen for years, you know, maybe it was, on, you know, the, um, framed at one year past church, I don't know, in the, in the cafe. But, but, you know, this, this unfortunately, in, in America, um, and go, Candace, go ahead and give me one more picture of a, a normal perceived American angel. Yeah, there we go. So, so, so people, um, you know, come up with all sorts of images, but would you believe me if I told you tonight that this is kind of the, the worldly incarnation of what the world thinks an angel looks like, but the Bible absolutely does not describe an angel like this at all. So, let's talk about, you can leave that picture up. Go back to the babies, because I think that'll make people really happy. And then baby, baby angels, baby angels, we should have put baby Jesus in there. Do we have a picture of baby Jesus when he was born? Okay. <laughs> okay, so, um, so first of all, angels fall into two categories. Um, those that have not fallen and those that have fallen. Okay, um, you guys know uh, a lot of what I'm going to say here in the next couple of minutes, but we know that at some point we don't know the exact time or juncture. We've got an approximation of what season it was. Um, you know, uh, post uh, creation that um, Satan, being Lucifer, um, being the the, one of the top-ranked um, angels in heaven decided to conspire um, and, and got a team of basically one-third of heavenly hosts and 
attempted through the first sin of pride to overthrow God's kingdom. He actually really thought that he could do that. And of course, we know that he has failed and continues to fail. And we know that his coming demise and his judgment is on the doorstep for us as Christians to see. We're going to actually see him chained up. We're going to see the beast chained up. We're going to see them cast into uh, a literal lake of fire. And, and we as the people and the followers of Jesus are safe from that. And that awesome news um, that we're safe from that. So I'm going to, if you all work with me with my voice, because it seems to be getting worse here. So, so we've got holy angels and we've got unholy angels. And scripture, generally, when angels are mentioned, um, it's the class of holy angels in view. Um, by contrast, fallen angels are those who have not maintained their holiness. So they went with the fall. And in 1 Timothy 5.21, most holy angels are named in the Bible but are described as only as elect angels. So we don't know. I'm going to get to some names in a second. We don't know what exact type of angel these are. But most every angel, at least 90% of them, um, have the definition of messengers. So, for instance, um, a cherubim um, and a seraphim are probably the two most known names um, other than an archangel, right? And, and when we talk about a cherubim, um, it's plural for a, a cherub. And it first appears in the third chapter of Genesis. When God creates the world, um, he forms two realms. He, he forms the, the earth realm and he forms a, a, a partial division of the, the spiritual realm right above basically our atmosphere, our clouds on up. Okay? And the land is human space. The, the space above is a spiritual space. And then God forms human beings from the land and plants a unique garden, as you guys know, the Garden of Eden, brimming with life and uh, teeming with um, just the greatness of God. And, but we also need to remember that outside this garden was, was an untamed wilderness. Um, life was harsh and survival was a struggle. But within the garden, life flourishes. That's something we need to remember as Christians. That within the will and the garden and the sanctity of God, our life flourishes. When we get out of that garden and we get into a place of self-seeking and self-centeredness, we become very unpleasant people very quickly. We became angry and mean and slandering and gossipy and all these other things when we get, when we, let's just think of it this way. The, the further you move away from your father, the less likely you're going to imitate him. Right? So the more distance, the further you are away from the garden, the more sin is going to creep into your life. So, so there's a twist to this. 
living in the garden actually means, and people say, well, God loves us no matter what, and well, you know, God loves us to an extent, but, but there are stipulations in serving God and being a child of God. There are stipulations, there are requirements. We don't consider them rules and regulations, but there are areas that we have to accomplish or we're not actually children of God, right? I mean, you guys know the whole example. I've used it a million times. It's really not meant to be a joke. People laugh at it. But just because you go and sit in your garage does not make you a car, right? So you can go and sit in your garage and you can put a lawn chair there and you can spray some carnauba wax on your skin and you can wax your skin and it's not going to make you a car. And you can drink a quart of oil and it's, it'll make you dead, but it won't make you a car. All right, you know, but maybe Freon would probably kill you quicker than oil. I don't know. So, so you, so we say this a million times. You guys know this, but it's something that needs to be repeated within the context of your family. Is you're not a Christian because you go to church. You go to church because you're already a Christian. Right? We don't. We don't. Do people get saved in church? Yes, we've seen. We've seen, I don't have the exact numbers, and I, I don't, those numbers are, um, are an educated guess at, as best for 2023. But, you know, we've had over 150 people come to the Lord last year, and we hope for more. You know, did all those people truly come to the Lord? I don't know. That's not my problem. That's between them and the Lord, right? Uh, did many of those come to the Lord? I, I believe that. But once again, I don't know that only God judges the quick and the dead. Only he knows the patterns of the heart, right? So this cherubim we see in Genesis chapter 3. And this cherubim is not just, it's not praising. It's not flying around. Um, it's not speaking like the angels who appear to shepherds. But their presence sends a crucial message the Garden of Eden is a space and it's a place where heaven and earth are one. This is where he this is where earth will be again one day during that thousand-year millennial reign is basically heaven in a sword. That's not an actual literal translation, but but heaven comes to, or the likeness of heaven comes to and resides on the earth is never going to be destroyed. Y'all understand that? <laughs> the earth is not destroyed. The earth is newly created and, and it becomes a, a, a place like, not exactly, but like the Garden of Eden. Okay? So the word angel in the Bible is translated from the Hebrew word malak and the Greek word angelos, both meaning messenger. God sends angels to warn, to comfort, and to guide people by communicating his message to them. So let's talk about some types real quick. So first of all, we see in Jude one nineteen that Michael is what's considered uh, a, a top-tier angel. He is an archangel. And another name you guys are familiar with, these are probably the three most notar notar notably um, talked about angels is Michael, Gabriel, and who else? Lucifer, 
right? And so Lucifer, um, excuse me, Gabriel is, is actually never really says that Gabriel is, uh, in the correct translation, it does not say that he is an archangel, but he stands in the presence of God, which applies to what an archangel is actually able to do. Um, so in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, um, it, it's talking about Gabriel, and it's, it says there, the voice of an archangel. So if we were to say, you know, 2 plus 2 is 4, we would come up with, hey, Gabriel most likely is. Without just coming out and saying it, he is an archangel as well. So we have the cherubims. So the cherubims are the most mentioned types of angels. Um, and they, uh, they're not a cute little angel baby. Um, they're not chubby. They probably have a very low body fat content. I just added that in because they're angels. They're spirits. They don't any. All right. Great. Um, so, so, so when you say to your, to your spouse, oh, man, you look like an angel. That can, that can imply a lot of great things and a good setting for romance. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about tonight, praise God. Okay, so so Ezekiel 10 gives us a physical description of them, of these of these cherubims. And they are said to be those guarding the way to the tree of life, life in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. We just talked about that. They also make an appearance in the image of Exodus 25, 18, and 20, where they are guarding the mercy seat of God, if y'all remember that story. And that tells us that their function is likely as guardians of places of God's importance. Now, a seraphim talked about in Isaiah chapter 6. He describes them as, a, as covering their face and their feet and crying out concerning the holiness of God. So the seraphim is actually a, a, a worshiping angel, a worshiping angel, one that, that has specific feathers to cover its, its multiple eyes, and we'll get to that in a minute, um, so that it cannot look upon the face of God. Pretty awesome. Revelation 4.8 um, talks about this, this creature, this seraphim, with six wings, and is actually pronounced a seraph. There's, the Bible also talks about living creatures in Revelation chapter 4. It's possible that these are forms of cherubims as well because of what it says in Ezekiel chapter 10 about the actual seraphims and their appearance. Um, when we see them, that they seem to function as heavenly, uh, as said a minute ago, as worship leaders, constantly surrounding the throne of God with 24 elders and redeemed people that we read in Revelation 4, once again, Ezekiel 10. Um, Fallen angels, um, you guys, we just talked about the very beginning of this. The Bible does speak of the fall of Satan, Luke 10, 18, Matthew 25, 41, Revelation chapter 8 and 9, uh, Revelation 12. And so we know that a third of the angels went with him, with Lucifer. Um, but scripture is not entirely um, clear on this point. But what we say definitely is that some of the angels originally created, I'm only talking about the originally created ones, that these create, we know that some of the, and this is what is just dumbfounding to me, 
And, and, and this should be a, a message of understanding for your life, if we can take a sidebar, is Lucifer is so influential and he's been on stage so much being the lead worship leader that most anything that he said, many of those angels believed, even if it wasn't the words of God. And so you ask yourself, why are so many people deceived? Why are we deceived at times with certain doctrines and pieces of theology that are staring us in the face? We can listen to a teacher and be like, oh, wow, that was great. And then a month later have a revelation that none of what was said in that teaching was biblical. That is what the enemy does. He blinds eyes. And then not only does he blind eyes, he opens those eyes back up to see a misidentification of truth. So there's still truth in there, but it's now mixed with some other substance of him. That's what Satan wants to do is confuse the body of Christ. So they get enamored by what is going on in this world even with this war, you know, that's going on in, in Gaza and Jerusalem, even with this war, Christians should not be um, in fear about a war that the Bible has already talked about and prophesied. What we should be is excited that literally Jesus is coming back soon. All right? When I hear stuff now, I'm just like, all right. I used to be like, oh man, Y2K. Y'all yeah. remember why? 1999. The world is coming to an end. God, will you save us by giving us water and green beans and toilet paper? Do y'all remember that? Does it remind you of March of 2020? God, give us toilet paper and green beans, right? I mean, honestly, people were going nuts. Absolutely nuts. And, and of course, I was, you know, you know, 19 or 20 or whatever age I was then. And, 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 I'm, and I'm just thinking, man. What's going to happen? You know, I was just, I was listening to my friends and I really wasn't like storing up anything. I was just like, I hope my car works today. You know, I hope I can get gas, I hope I still have my job, you know. So, so I wasn't like that. But, but this is what the enemy does is he wants you to get your eyes on things that are insignificant. Right? So, so he talks about fallen angels. Well, Get to more of that next week. So, reading the scripture in Ezekiel 1, verses 15 to 16, listen to this description of this cherubim. And as I looked at the living creatures, and once again I said a minute ago that these living creatures are most likely, um, most theologians, we can't trust everything a theologian says, but theologians would agree that these, these living creatures are cherubims. And it says... I saw a wheel 
on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz, and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. Now, go back to the, well, that second picture, huh? or one of those other normal-looking American angels. So, this is what people have, have um, drawn for years. This is what, how you see statues look in different areas of the country, certain uh, Catholic churches, certain Episcopal churches. Usually you're not going to find an angel at a Pentecostal Assembly of God church. You're probably not going to find a statue of an angel at a Baptist church. Maybe so, but that's rare. Methodist, probably not. Um, but this is what I just read to you. Does that sound like the description that that picture looks like at all? Okay. We're going to get some other pictures in a bit. So we see just some examples. We see angels all through the Bible. In fact, we've got 263 examples of angelic divine intervention in people's lives. Okay. Um, it's just a couple. Sodom and Gomorrah, that narrative there. We see angels rescuing Lot's family, Genesis 19, 1 through 15. Uh, we see in the story of Elijah, God sends an angel during Elijah's most painful and despairing moment to comfort him, uh, which is in 1 Kings chapter 19, 5 through 7. We see the story about Daniel, where we see several angels involved, including one who is held up from delivering a message for 21 days due to a conflict with a Persian ruler. That's uh, Daniel chapter 10, verses 10 through 15. And keep in mind that Persian ruler is not a flesh and bone Persian ruler. This is a principality and power, a demonic being that is at war in heavenly places, stopping a angelic uh, uh, angel from delivering a message and it was held up for 20 or he was held up actually it's not he or she uh, uh, an angel is a spirit okay so so this spirit was held up for 21 days fighting with a demon i want y'all to think about that because we like to spout off all the time how powerful we are in jesus and we like to master our confession, which is, that's great. Be positive, but don't be stupid. Be positive, but don't be stupid. When we speak something, it needs to be out of the will of God and out of the evidence that we see written in the word of God. When we start spouting off things against the enemy that are not biblical, he's just looking at you like raw meat. That kid doesn't know his scripture. That kid doesn't know anything. I, I'm going to take his words and, and I'm going to strip him down and I'm going to make him run through a city without clothes and embarrass him. That's what we see in the Bible as well. So, so this is a real fight. There is a fight going on right now between angels and demons for the souls of man. 
You guys understand that? This is not science fiction. There was a movie that came out. I think it's one of Candace's favorite movies. It came out, I believe, in the mid to late 90s. And, and it was with Kim Basinger, I think. And the movie is called Bless the Child. And it was about this movie, I'll give you a little story, but the, the movie got to the point where she's able to see these swarms of demonic activity swirling around churches and swirling around people and using people. And, and it, was, it was really before, it, really ahead of its time, this movie. It's not a Christian movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it's an excellent example of the this, this swarming and the power of these demonic beings trying to coerce people to take that illicit drug, to be hooked on these pills, to have sex before marriage, to look at pornography, to do all. And, and, it's, and it's, it's just a, a really good visual. If you could find it, I would recommend um, Watching it, and I don't. I don't even think there's any language in it. But maybe it's been many years since I've seen it. But it is. It is a horribly vivid depiction of of how Satan uses his enclave army to try to destroy people. Okay, and I hear people say all the time, "This isn't biblical." By the way, they will say, "Well, you know, Pastor." You know, the Lord is, I mean, the, the Satan is leaving that person alone because they don't know Jesus. Well, that's not really true. The enemy is always coming against man. Why? Because they are the creation of the Father. They are the, in the image of God. Satan hates every single person, whether they love Jesus or not. Satan wants to stop people before they eat. You think that, that, that Satan does not set up divine appointments? Think about that past boyfriend you've had, that past girlfriend you've had, that past relationship, and how that ended up. Was that a relationship from God, or was that something that Satan... Put that person in your life to stifle you and trip you up from seeing the will of God in your life. What about the authors of Exodus that record that angels directed and defended God's people during the journey out of slavery and into the promised land? Exodus chapter 12 and Exodus 23. Um, what about angels also appearing in dreams to guide humans to safety? Genesis 28, 12, 32, 1 through 12. Genesis 28, 12. Now, by the way, I'm not giving any examples tonight about what recent things have happened. I'm only giving you guys biblical stuff. You want to go look up stories? That's up to you, but that's not my job. My job is, is to show you in the Word of God how angels and demons are active, how they are moving, how they are succeeding, how they are failing, right? So there's a common thread with all of these and many more these angel stories in the Bible. Angels are messengers sent to protect and proclaim how people can enter the place of life where they were built to flourish within. And, and it, it's, it's amazing to me. So let me, let me, let me give you some facts um, tonight before we get into a couple of visuals of what um, 
If we go by Scripture, um, what has been drawn based on what Scripture says. Um, Hebrews 11.14 um, basically gives us the indication that, that angels have their own will. Well, we know this because they had a will to turn their back on God, right? If they didn't have a will, they would have, been, they would have just been robots uh, flying around everywhere, you know, and playing harps. Okay. All right. That's also not a, a correct biblical um, depiction. So good angels are sent by God to help believers, according to Hebrews 1.14. So angels, we have to understand this. Angels are an entirely different order of being than humans. Human beings do not become angels after they die. I've done over 600 funerals. Do you know how many times in a patient's home I have been asked, will I be able to see my loved one as an angel a week or a few weeks later? And my response was always honest. I said there is absolutely no biblical... What, what is there, what's the Christmas movie? Is it A Wonderful Life? Where the angel gets its wings. Is that the right movie? So, so we got to understand. In America, we have been taught to believe the... If you stick your tongue on a light pole, your tongue will absolutely stick. <laughs> okay, I didn't try it, but Candace did save me with a little hot water. And it was embarrassing on our first date that I did that. Um, I'm kidding. But no, seriously, seriously, we, we have been taught through cartoons. Look, look at, think about Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. I loved me some Tom and Jerry as a kid. But my picture of when I got older, uh, I'm talking right before I'm saved at 14. Oh, Satan, you mean that little cartoon character on the shoulder of whomever and whatever cartoon? With a pitchfork, little horns, little red tail, like probably eats cat food and is really not much harm around the house, right? I mean, that, but these are all things that the enemy, these are not innocent things. These are all things that the enemy has introduced in order for people not to believe in him or if they believe in him, to see him as a being that has absolutely no power. Is that going to happen? Will he have no power? Has he already been defeated? Will he be chained? Absolutely. But right now he is still active trying to destroy your life and your family. Okay? That's, that is the reality of it. What, what have I always said to you guys? The supernatural is far more natural than the natural. Right? So, and also, and I'm, let, me, let me get to that in a second. Let me give you some facts tonight. I said 263, it's actually 273 times in the Bible that angels are mentioned. Um, we know that angels were created by God. We know that angels were created to live for eternity. Right? There's, I've got scriptures for all this here. 
I'll stop on a few of these and explain. Angels were present when God created the world. Job 38, 1 through 7. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm and he said, um, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? While well, the morning stars sang, the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. Okay? Angels do not get married. <laughs> Just throw that in there. Learn some odd stuff in ministry. Um, Matthew twenty-two thirty. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And this is the scripture where people say, oh, we're going to become. No, that's not what it said. It says they will be like. In other words, your spouse is not your spouse in heaven. Will you? I believe that you will have a recollection and you will know who the person is that you loved. And then, of course, then you've got the question of, well, pastor, you know, when you were married three or four or five times, six, six times, which one, which one in heaven do you, I mean, how does that work? I don't know, nor do I care. Because I've only been married once. And I'm only going to be married once. Praise the Lord. <laughs> People on Spotify are like, man, we don't get this church. Why do we keep listening? Angel, the Bible says that angels are wise and intelligent. That angels take an interest in human affairs. Daniel 10, 14. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns of time. Yet to come. This was from an angel in Luke 15 10. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Angels love to be a part. The, I'm talking about the holy angels. Love when people are saved and set free. Right? The Bible tells us that they rejoice, they sing. Angels are faster than humans. This is so cool. Y'all needed to know that they're, they're quick, right? I, I love this in Daniel 9, 21. And while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. And in Revelation 14, 6, and I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Angels are spiritual beings. Angels are not meant to be worshipped. Let's stop here for a second. Likewise, how many questions have I had about people becoming angels after they die? This is one of the other questions that probably you guys have received. Um, and and the, the, the bottom line is, this is my opinion, so, so you guys can... Take this for what it's worth. Um, I'm probably not going to collect angels to go on the mantle in my house. For a specific reason, which is this right here. Revelation 19.10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God 
for the testimony of Jesus as the spirit of prophecy. This is the angel speaking to John the Revelator. I personally believe that you should not have any artifact in your home, on your person, that you give any type of idol worship to. Now, if I said this about um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, all of you in here would automatically agree to that. You would agree that parts of certain um, um, sects of Christianity, one being the Catholic Church, Mary is esteemed uh, as an idol. She is esteemed as a, an, an all-knowing, wisdom-filled, um, most amazing woman that was ever born, blah, 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 blah. And I don't mean to make fun of it, but it is easy for me to make fun of this, okay? Is this, is, this goes against the word of God completely. Anything that you worship, whether it's a it's a statue of Buddha or it's an angel or it's um, uh, Mary, uh, none of those things should be involved in the Christian life. Okay, so you can you can uh, if you do have a collection of angels, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm sure some of them are cute and you know cuddly and stuff, but. Doesn't mean you need to throw out your angels, but you just need to make sure that that you know you're not worshiping and 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 setting up making. The, the, I've been in some homes uh, where they, you know, they they are hoarders and they have a, a a throne room of beanie babies. I'm serious. Where you see people drive down the road with. A million beanie babies in the back window of their car. This is there's something not right with that. Okay, please agree to that at least. So, Christina, if you could stop driving around with all that in your car, or at least take off the Destiny House sticker, that would be good. Okay. So, so just all I'm saying, just, just be careful. Just be careful what you set up a throne to. Okay. You, you listen. You can. I mean, I love. I love firearms. I love. I love guns. I grew up with guns. I grew up hunting. Hunting. I grew up in, in that type of family where my. I mean, my grandfather. He 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 had some struggles, and he he sold the house to go on an Alaskan hunting trip, and told his wife the next day. I'm just. I'm telling you, it crazy crazy stories in my in my family. But but you know you can you can buy something you can you can you can make Amazon Prime a false idol. Okay, y'all got quiet. Y'all are like, oh no, we thought he would move on to the next subject matter, but he just called my number out. <laughs> okay, praise God. I probably could laugh really weird right now with this voice. Um, angels are subject. To Christ. First Peter 3.22 Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Okay? Angels have a will. We already, we already talked about that. Angels express emotions like joy and longing and grief. 
while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. We just read that in Job 38, 7. Angels are not omnipresent. They are not omnipotent. And they are not omniscient. Meaning, they angels are not anywhere near being like God at all. Period. Okay? And this is the same to be true with Satan and his demonic army. They cannot be in two places at once. Most, probably none of us, maybe me, I don't know. This is not a brag because I don't want that. But, but most of us have never dealt with Satan directly. You've dealt with a person that um, worships him. You know, you've dealt with a demon that follows him and worships him. Satan can only be at one place at one time. Please understand that. Angels can only be at one place at one time. All right? Um, so we know that, that, that angels have limitations. Um, they're not all-knowing. They're not all-powerful. And they're not everywhere all the time present. Right? Angels are too numerous to count. Psalm 68, 17. The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. Hebrews 12, 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. It's a lot of angels. Most angels remain faithful to God. We know that by the, the numbers. Um, Revelation 5, 11 through 12. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders and a cloud and a loud voice. They sang worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Though, I mean, we're going we're gonna to see this stuff, guys. We're going to see this stuff. We've got to stay encouraged. Um, I'll skip that. I pretty much already said that already. Um, only one angel in the Bible is called an, an archangel. We talked about that already. Um, angels were created to glorify and worship God the Father and God the Son. Okay, so let me let me read something to you, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw some pictures up. First of all, angels are known um, for messengers, watchers, supervisors for God, uh, military hosts, sons of the mighty, sons of God, chariots. So in Ezekiel chapter 1, 15 to 17, and now I looked at the living creatures, and behold, a wheel was on the earth, the earth beside each. I'm gonna read this again. Um, each living creature with its four faces, the appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of a barrel, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Then they moved, uh, they went toward um, they went toward any one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. So that actually is a, a different scripture than I gave earlier. It's another description of what we believe to be these cherubims. So if we look at, read that scripture, and we look at this first pick here. This would be more accurate to what a cherubim would look like.
I want you to think about it. Some of you are smirking and laughing. Absolutely not a joke. What I just read is what has been drawn right here. Go ahead and show me another one, Kings. So, what we've been taught <laughs> is many of the things that we've been taught are fabrications. They're what the human mind wants to see and believe. And this is one of, one of the more recent ones. Pretty terrifying to an extent, isn't it? It's not as mind-numbing as a chubby little baby with wings, is it? Angels are warriors. What makes an angel a warrior? Well, God created them to be that way. But what maintains them as a warrior? Their worship. Their worship. What, what keeps us ready for battle is our worship. You don't, you don't worship after the success or the victory. You worship before. Your worship precedes your victory. So when you think of an angel, and we're, we're learning about angels, we're learning about demons, we're trying to understand the, the differences, the nuances, um, the differences of, of what, what, I, uh, what we've been taught, what we've seen in pictures, and what actual scripture says about these. Go back to the, the second one. Or one more back. That would be, so this would be a seraphim. This would be a cherubim. So the cherubim is talking about, it's just, I just read it. These three rings that it could go any direction at any moment. And each of these rings has these eyes on it. So, let me read you just a few more and then we'll, we'll, we'll stop for the night. Daniel chapter 10, verse 5 through 6. I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl. This is the same color that was described in Ezekiel chapter 10. His face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of uh, burnished bronze, um, and the sound of his words were like the sound of a multitude. Well, we know that one of the greatest forms, the most often forms that angels take is the appearance of a man. Okay? So... And the, the scripture tells us that there are times that we are entertaining angels that we can come across and, and deal with. I've got one story after another in into life care where I have uh, butted heads with the demonic, the demonic realm. Um, and, and there are times when I've been ushered out of, of a room where... God didn't need me on that visit. And it was like, have a good day. The presence of God was so strong. Uh, you know, call it him, call it angels, call it however you want. My, in my vernacular, I, I, y'all most likely will hear me say, the presence of God is strong in this situation. You know, he's moving things. He's pulling things in. I don't usually, I don't usually say, just because I try to be careful about this, I, because I don't ever want to give a claim to, going back to John the Revelator, I don't want to accidentally give a claim to 
an, an angel doing something when it likely it is simply the Holy Spirit, right, causing something. Do angels do that too? Yes, we just we just learned all that. They're messengers. They intervene. They they save. They protect. They 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 join hands. They they are a choir. They are a worship team. They are ready for battle. Their definition is endless. Okay. So, man, I've got so much information. I'm going to stop in just a second. Okay, I know y'all are excited about Christmas coming up. Um, so we see in, in multiple books of Daniel, um, really the last six chapters of Daniel tend to draw speculation and much debate from most of the uh, Christian community that these verses included. If these verses refer to an angelic being such as like a cherubim or a seraphim, or it's talking about an archangel. There's just, we just can't define everything, is my point. We can't define exactly what they look like. We can't define exactly, but we know that they don't look like a guy flying around with wings. Okay? Um, we, we know biblically that is not the description. In fact, the description that we've read um, in Ezekiel, which is what is called an, an, an Ophian, um, is plural for often, and what that means basically is uh, a, a pining or or wheels moving. So, so it's just, it, you pray about this because it, you talk about just 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 normal um, traction. Your car gaining traction. Is your is your car going to move? Faster with square wheels or round wheels, okay? I mean, is your car going to turn? Now they're making cars where the rear axle turns like the front axle. Some of the higher cars, so your turning radius is more. So if we are looking at this description in Ezekiel chapter 10 and other descriptions, this is more likely to be what is happening, that the angel doesn't have any turning radius issues. It is... Everywhere it is fast, it is quick. It's it's constantly pivoting and helping and giving messages and supporting us as we fight against the enemy. It's just it's amazing to think of how much is in the Word of God that we simply do not pay attention to. Um, we we see um, all of these supernatural beings described. I mean, we we've got. We've got dinosaurs in, in the Bible. We've got all sorts of creatures in the Bible that, that don't exist right now. You know, we've got, we've got giants described in the Bible quite vividly. And, and I'll go out there, go out there on a limb, and y'all can make fun of me. Make fun of me. You can make fun of Candace and I. She's with me on this. I believe there's still giants on this earth. I believe there are. I believe there are still unexplainable things. Let's talk about B Bigfoot right now. I'm kidding. We're not. We're not. Sasquatch. We should have named the series Squatch. You know? um, but, but listen, the, the point of this 